I know some of you, I saw some of you holding your ears and all that, but that was the point. Uh, it, it needed to be loud because it was emphasizing a point. The point being that we can be so distracted by everything we're doing and things going on around us that we forget the purpose of our existence. The purpose of our existence is to serve God and to go out and draw others in to Him. You know, we heard from the, the prophet Isaiah this morning, but I'm going to back up a little bit and start at chapter 48 and kind of establish a little bit of a pattern here. Because it, as we come into chapter 49, we hear some terms and words that could be a little deceiving. It could sound like it's the prophet speaking, but the prophet is quoting the people. So to establish that, let's start at at, uh, chapter 48 of Isaiah. Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel, and have come forth from the wellsprings of Yehudah, who swear by the name of the Lord and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth or in righteousness. For they call themselves after the holy city and lean on the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth from my mouth, and I caused them to hear it. Suddenly they did them, and they came to pass. Because I knew that you were obstinate, and your neck was an iron sinew, and your brow bronze. Even from the beginning I have declared it to you. Before it came to pass, I proclaimed it to you, lest you should say, My idol has done them, and my carved image. And my molded image have commanded them. You have heard, see all this. And will you not declare it? I have made you hear new things from this time, even hidden things, and you did not know them. They are created now and not from the beginning. And before this day you have not heard them, lest you should say, of course I knew them. Surely you did not hear. Surely you did not know. Surely from long ago your ear was not opened. For I knew that you would deal very treacherously and were called a transgressor from the womb. For my name's sake, says the Lord, I will defer my anger and for my praise I will restrain it from you so that I do not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, my, for my own sake, I will do it. For how should my name be profaned and I not give my glory to another? Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel. My called, I am he. I am the first. I am also the last. Indeed, my hand has laid the foundation of the earth and my right hand has stretched out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand up together. All of you, assemble yourselves and hear. Who among you has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He shall do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken. Yes, I have called him. I have brought him, and his way will prosper. Come near to me. Hear this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, I was there. And now the Lord God and His Spirit have sent me. 
Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would also have been like the sand, and the offspring of your body like the grains of sand. His name would not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Go forth from Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans. With a voice of singing, declare, proclaim this, utter it to the end of the earth, say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. And they did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow from the rock for them. He also split the rock and the waters gushed out. Verse 22 says, There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. That is a promise to Israel. Right now the wicked are all those nations coming against them. I don't know how many of you have seen on the internet different places have been posted this this map that shows all the Middle East. And it shows all the countries of the Arabs that are surrounding Israel. And you can barely see on this map this little sliver of land that's Israel. They're all around. They're completely surrounded by their enemies. But God says there is no peace for the wicked. In this case, who are the wicked? The wicked are those that are coming against his people, his land, his treasure. Chapter 49, listen, O coastlands, to me and take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the matrix of my mother. He has made mention of my name. And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver, he has hidden me. And he said to me, you are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. You know that God is going to be glorified through Israel. Doesn't look like it now, because even the people of Israel, even the Jewish people that are living in the land, for the most part, are not serving the Lord. But one day, he said he will turn all peoples to himself. And then when that happens, he will be glorified through Israel. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I've labored in vain. We just saw a little clip about distractions. That is a distraction. I've spent my strength for nothing and in vain, yet surely my just reward is with the Lord and my work with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me from the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob back to him so that Israel is gathered to him. For I shall be glorious in the eyes of the Lord and my God shall be my strength. Indeed, he says, it is too, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. God's salvation is not, even though his strength, and he'll be glorified through Israel, his salvation is not limited to Israel. His salvation is for all the world. Israel. And the Goyim, the Gentiles, the Gentile nations. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, their Holy One, to whom, to him whom man despises, to him whom the nation abhors, to the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise. Princes also shall worship because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, and he has chosen you. 
Thus says the Lord, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages. That you may say to the prisoners, Go forth to those who are in darkness, Show yourselves. They shall feed along the roads, and their pastures shall be all desolate heights. Beyond all desolate heights. They shall neither hunger nor thirst, neither heat nor sun shall strike them. For he who has mercy on them will lead them. Even by the springs of water, he will guide them. You think back to, we see, saw our skit, and we're seeing the people, they're wandering, trying to get to humble. Just like the Israelites were in the desert trying to get to the promised land. But all along the way, God provided shelter for them. The cloud to shield them from the heat of the day. The pillar of fire to warm them and let them see at night. He provided every step of the way, even though they were not going to make it. That group of people, as you know, did not make it to the promised land because of their sin, because of their disbelief, because of their obstinate nature. The next generation did see the promised land. And God said, you people won't see, but your descendants will see. God has always been there and has always provided shelter. He's provided their food, everything they needed. I will make each of my mountains a road, and my highways shall be elevated. Surely these shall come from afar. Look, those from the north and the west, and these from the land of Sinim. Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break forth, break out in singing, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people, and will have mercy on his afflicted. God will remember Zion. Anybody tells you that there is no Israel in, in the future? Send them to Isaiah 49. Because God said there will always be Zion. He will remember Zion. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. And my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child? And not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your sons shall make haste. Your destroyers and those who laid you waste shall go away from you. The day we're looking for is the day the destroyer, the wicked, goes away. Either being destroyed themselves or coming to salvation in Yeshua. Lift up your eyes, look around and see. All these gather together and come to you. As I live, says the Lord, you shall surely clothe yourselves with them all as an, as an ornament and bind them on you as a bride does. For your waste and desolate places and the land of your destruction will even now be too small for the inhabitants and those who swallowed you up will be far away. The children you will have, after you have lost the others, will say again in your ears, The place is too small for me. Give me a place where I may dwell. Then you will say in your heart, Who has begotten these for me, since I have lost my children and I am desolate, a captive and wandering to and fro? 
And who has brought these up? There I was, left alone. But these, where were they? Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up my hand in an oath to the nations and set up my standard for the peoples. They shall bring your sons in their arms and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. Kings shall be your foster fathers and their queens your nursing mothers. They shall bow down to you with their faces to the earth and lick up the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord, for they will not be ashamed who wait for me. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the captives of the righteous be delivered? But thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible be delivered. For I will contend with him who contends with you and I will save your children. I will feed those who oppress you with their own flesh and they shall be drunk with their own blood as with sweet wine. All flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. God has made a promise that all of us can rest upon. Jews and Gentiles alike, he says that the promise is for you. Israel's the center of it all, but the nations become part by inheritance and because God promised it. So I ask you this, referring back to the video clip, especially since that couldn't be recorded. What are your distractions? TV? Radio? Money? Terrorism? Injustice? War? Enemies? Politics? Your children? Other people's children? Other people? Work? Marriage? Disease? Gossip? Pain? Loneliness? Alcohol? Drugs? Relationship? School? Traffic? Going by out there while I'm talking? Life, health, death. Did I miss anybody? What, what are your distractions? Distractions come in many forms. But what might distract you, Jack, may not distract me. What distracts me, Randy, may not distract you. Everybody has their distractions. Something that keeps you from hearing from God. You know, we talked before in past, and I may revise that teaching for another time, because we do have many new people here, but I, I will say this. When we pray, it's not, the important thing is not what you're asking for. The important thing is not the words that are coming out of your mouth, or out of your heart, or out of your mind. The important part is, what's the answer? Too many times we get busy, or distracted, and we be we could be in the midst of prayer. And God will try to answer you. But because of your distractions, because a lot of times what we do is we don't put our time strictly into focusing on prayer. We tend to work prayer into our day. And by doing that, 
the distractions are easily will easily come in. Now, I do pray when I'm driving. So obviously, what's, what's one of the distractions I'm going to face? A car cutting me off. I'm not going to say I'm going to stop praying while I'm driving, but as soon as that distraction has passed, I, w- I still want to hear from God. I still want to hear the answer to my prayer. But oftentimes, we kind of brush over that part. We put our petitions before God, and whether it's from distractions or just lack of time on our part, we don't wait to hear the answer. And if the answer is coming, maybe it's being, you're being distracted by something that's not allowing you to hear it. But where is your heart in it? And what is your focus in it? Our heart should be, the, our heart and focus should be the same thing. They should be to turn to God and hear from Him. That should be our heart. That should be our focus. And what is our desire? It should be the same thing. To hear from God. And what's important to you? If the distractions become more important than hearing what God's saying to you, then you think you have things out of order. The most important thing is you need to hear from God. If you know, for instance, that when you're going to, you're going to start praying and it's, it's, uh, 12-11 right now, and you know at 12-15, you have somewhere that you have to t- leave and go to. Are you giving God enough time to deal with your prayer, with your petition? Because you gotta understand, unlike some of our, our past teachings, not here, elsewhere, it's an instantaneous response that we're looking for. It's a, it's, it's a attitude of, I said it, so God's already gonna answer what I want Him to answer anyway. God doesn't work that way. God doesn't answer you with what you expect Him to answer you with. Sometimes the answer is going to be no. Sometimes the answer is going to be not now. Sometimes the answer is going to be wait. Okay, so now what? Now it's 12-12. Have I given Him enough time to hear what I'm saying and to give me an answer? Maybe. But it's unrealistic to think that you can put God in this box that, okay, God, I got... I got five minutes. I'm gonna. I need to. I need to talk to you about this, and I need you to answer me. But in five minutes, because I have somewhere to go in five minutes. That's not the way God works. God wants all of you. He wants your whole heart. He wants your whole mind. He wants your attention. He wants to be the one that's important to you. If you're going to go and ask God for something, it should. He should be important enough to you to spend the time to hear from Him. I used the illustration once that, you know, a lot of times you, uh, we, we tend to, I, I say we because maybe some of you don't do this. Tend to pre- treat God like he's got a, uh, voicemail. And so you call up and say, like you would with a friend, you call them up and their voicemail picks up. Oh yeah, God, I was just wondering about this and this and this and I'd like your answer for this and this and this. Call me when you have a chance and hang up. Call me when you have a chance. How many of you know that his chances are 24-7, 365? Point two five. <laughs> Allowing for the leap year. And we do have some leap year babies that I do, I do know some. But the point is, he's always ready to hear from you. He's, all, he's ready to listen to you. He's ready to talk to you. He's ready to answer you. 
But if all you're going to do is drop a quick message and go on about your business with the deal with the distractions, he ha- he doesn't now have the time to talk to you because you haven't given it to him. Psalm 145:18 says, "The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth." He's right here. He's not off in the distance somewhere. We don't have to make a long distance call. It's not going to cost you any extra to call Him. You call Him. But when you call Him, make sure you're ready to listen. One translator translates the first part of the Shema this way. Listen. In other words, pay attention, Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. There are no other gods. You know, Steve reworded one of the songs we sang today because... He wanted to make the emphasis the awesome God. Not just any God. Any awesome God. The awesome God. Well, He is the one that's always there. He is the one that's ready to hear from you. Call Him. Talk to Him. That's what prayer is. Communication. And if you want to break it down to a a simple term, When I'm talking to Ron, in a sense, I'm praying to Ron. I'm communicating with him. That's what God wants. God wants us to communicate. He wants to hear from us. He wants to answer us. But are we giving him time? See, it's 12.15 now, so would I have given God enough time to answer my petition? No. So we need to really set aside quality time where we can remove ourselves from the distractions. Sometimes we literally have to get in a prayer closet where everything's blocked off. In my house, I'll tell you this, it's very hard to find a very quiet place. But when we need it, we can find it. All we have to do is want to do it. Want to commune with God. Spend time with Him. And not, like I said, quality time, not time where you just walk in and say, Lord, I need this. Boom. You're off and running again. You're back on the computer. You're back in front of the TV. You name it. This is where I kind of bounce off what Batya said a few minutes ago. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon. Incidentally, that's those same nations that are surrounding Israel now. That's Jordan, that's Syria, all those nations. And others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar otherwise known as today as in Engedi. Engedi and I share a very personal touch. I have a scar and, and a very sore toe as a result of Engedi. That's for another time. And Jehoshaphat feared. He was distracted and set himself, though, to seek the Lord. He turned the distraction into prayer. His distraction was fear. 
Here's all these people coming against them. But oftentimes in our lives, the distraction slaps us in the face so hard that we forget what the result should be. Because Jehoshaphat set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all, all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from, from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Wouldn't that be wonderful if any time we had some kind of a distraction because we were being attacked, if the first thing we did was say, we're going to declare a fast that we're all coming together to seek the Lord. But see what happens a lot of times? Human nature makes you want to try and find out the solution yourself. You want to fight back physically. Sometimes the fighting never happens if you seek the Lord first. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. Sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, distractions, distractions, trying to get their minds off of who brought them there. But if we cry out to you in affliction, you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, regarding us by, re- rewarding us by coming out to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. What's changed? What's changed since Second Chronicles chapter 20 and today? Nothing has changed. Those nations around there that they let live nearby, next door, around them, supposedly peacefully, have come out against them. It continues today. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with her little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Yahaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Yael, the son of Mataniah a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, 
For the battle is not yours, but God's. We have to realize that all the fighting, all the battles that we face in our lives, all the distractions of our lives, they're in His hands. He's in control. The results aren't going to come by us fussing and fighting and cussing and screaming and, and, just, and throwing a fit. We need to go back to basics and go back to God and let God handle it because He's the only one that can handle it. The battle is not yours. It's God's. So they said tomorrow, go down against them and they will surely come up by the ascent of Z's. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Yeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. How many battles do you know of except the Lord directs it? Can you go to right to the front but not fight? Fighting is part of the battle. But when God says, it's not your battle, it's mine, I will handle it. He says, you don't need to fight. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. An appropriate response after God has already told them what's going to happen and how they're supposed to react, they bowed down and worshiped Him because they knew that He was now in control. He always was. But the distractions caused them to fear. The distractions caused them to take their focus off of him and put it on themselves and try to take on themselves the fight. Then the Levites, the children of the Kohathites, and of the children of the Korathites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. This was an all-out worship service. All coming out of fearing and then praying and then hearing from the Lord. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. In other words, Hallelujah. Kileolam Chazdo. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come out against Judah, and they were defeated. 
For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Wait a minute. They're fighting against each other. Nobody could have told Jehoshaphat before he prayed, before he heard the word come from the from the prophet, nobody could have told him that the enemy was going to kill themselves. God does the unthinkable, the unspeakable. God does the thing that you wouldn't expect. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. Do you know if you put God first and you don't allow distractions to stop you from praying, that God will fight the battle for you and He will cause the enemy to fall without you lifting a hand. They came out against each other. They took each other out. The Israelites did not have to lift their hands or lift a weapon. So, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves. More than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Bracha, which we talked about that a few weeks ago, means blessing, the valley of blessing. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the valley of Bracha until this day. When they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy, the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for God gave him rest all around. How many of you know that news spreads? This, yes, this was a relatively small area at the time. It's not like we are now. We, the parts of the world now it takes it takes a few minutes for you to type it out on a on your email or on Facebook for the word to spread. But word spreads. The other countries that weren't part of this assault heard what happened. And they heard right. God came against the enemies of Israel. Israel didn't have to fight them. Now, if we took that attitude today, the attitude of we know that God and what He does, all of His actions precede Him so that when it happens to someone else, others hear about it. And it can cause two things to happen. One, could be simply that they just don't bother you anymore. Or two, they want what you have. Again, our purpose is to worship God and to tell of Him everywhere. Our friends, our neighbors, our family, 
We're to spread this good news. We don't want to keep it in a basket and hide it. You know, we, we want it to be known by others. How is it going to be known by others except it's spread? By our mouths? By the mouths of others who are witnesses to it? That's how these things happen. They spread. And that's how witnessing is. We talk to one person who talks to another person who talks to another person. And it goes on and on. But when we have our problems, when we have our distractions, when things get in, seem to get in the way, when we're trying to reach out and do the right thing, we're trying to speak to God, and the distractions come, God says, let it go. Let it go. Don't hold on to it. Just some of the things that we saw on the video, he says, I am with you. I am peace. I am love. I am truth. I am powerful. I am patient. I am joy. I am your strength and refuge. I am an ever-present help in trouble. Get this. I am in control. How many times have we gotten in situations where we just can't control it? gets out of hand. The more we do, the worse it gets. Turn it over to God because He's in control. So where we're out of control, He's in control. He'll bring it back into order. Remember what we just read. The battle is not yours but God's. And stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, be still and know that I am God. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we thank You and we bless You. We know that we can turn to You whenever we have a need. We know we can turn to You for help. We know that You are in control even when we're not. We know that whenever we need You, You're there. But Lord, give us the ability, give us the desire, give us the heart to be here for You and to listen to You. When we cry out, give us the patience to wait for the answer. When we need deliverance, give us the calm and the peace to wait for You to deliver us. Lord, help us to remember not to be in such a hurry when we want to call out to You that we don't wait to hear from You. Lord, we are Your people. And we do honor You. We want to be here to serve You. To worship You. To honor You in everything that we do every day of our lives. Give us the mind and heart to do that. Give us the peace. Give us the time, Lord God, that we need to be able to be a witness unto You. We're reminded, Lord Yeshua, that You said, if You say to this mountain, be moved, and You have the faith 
as small as a grain of mustard seed, it will be moved. Lord, give us that faith that we can speak and it is done. But give us the understanding that we and the wisdom to speak according to your will. Show us what your will is, Lord. That we can speak your will and things will come to pass. Lord, we just bless you because you are God. You are the awesome God and we worship you. In Yeshua's name, Amen.